there, little Davy. I see you're playing with your new to with your new uh, plants, the green soldiers I bought you. Are you having a good time? I sure am, Dad. It's a blast. Oh yeah, what you got going on here? Well, Dad, over here we got the soldiers at their at their at their uh, main headquarters, the bunker area, like the trenches. Oh yeah, what's going on over there? Mostly just existential crisis. Check it out. Hey, Sarge. Man, I can barely deal with this waiting. I know, it takes forever. Enemies could come over here and kill us any time. Sometimes I wish they would just come kill us. Yeah, it's rough. Hey, you, you wanna do some heroin? I've got some heroin. Hey, yeah, heck yeah. Heroin is tops. And now they're gonna do heroin, Dad. I, 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 I that's not really, wow, okay, and, but then we got some other soldiers over here on R&R on R &R in the town. And they're trying to find some prostitutes. I what? Hey there, soldiers. Looking for a good time? Sucky, sucky five dollars. Uh, is that a... Are you using a Lego woman as the prostitute? Well, yeah, Dad. They didn't come with little green prostitutes. Very unrealistic. You know, here on the actual battlefield, we got some action going on. Oh, okay. All right. Let's see what's... Oh, God! I'm covered in napalm! Oh, God, I'm dying! Oh, oh, it burns! Oh, my skin is melting off of my face! My face is melting off! My face and my dick! My dick and my face are melting off! Oh, dear God, somebody put a bullet in my brain! Oh, God! Oh, God, no, there is! There is no God! <laughs> Oh my, oh my, oh my God, Davy! I, 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 this, you know, when I, I got you these plastic soldiers, I imagined you, like, planning out fun little military excursions and focusing on the heroicness and the, the patrioticness of the soldiers and the, dad, dad, that's all a crock of shit. War is hell. Don't you wait, don't you read any history ever. I, I, have you never read all quiet along the Western Front? Did they not force you to read that in school? War sucks, and it's terrible. Have you never seen the movies of Oliver Stone? Who you know was actually in Vietnam and depicted horrific events so terrible that he would have flashbacks on set that would prevent him from directing for minutes at a time? Were you not aware of this, Dad? War is terrible. I, 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 wow. Davey, you've given me You've given me a, a lot to think about. Yeah, Dad. If you just wanted me to have nice, happy things, you could have just gotten me regular fucking Legos. Welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome to Ruben Uncut. Today's episode, just, you know, speaking of the times that we live in, you know how it'd be with the war and shit going on in the world. Although, if we're keeping it real, like, for real, for reals, it's been a long time. Hold on, I'm just going to grab me a... Ah, there we go. Ah, no! I dropped my fizzy water. 
I should probably wait to open that. Uh, <clears throat> anyways, so as I was saying, we live in dangerous times with war going on and whatnot. Although, to be fair, we've also been at war for like the last 20 fucking years. Oh shit, no, why did I open it? I know why I opened it. I opened it because I thought it would be funny if I opened it. And, well, I guess you'll be the judge of that. But anyways, like I was saying, side note, I, I literally lost like a quarter of my fizzy water. That was crazy. Uh, but anyways, like I was saying, we've actually been at war for like 20 fucking years. Uh, and that's... Uh, that's a real son of a bitch, you know? Because we, that means we've been at war for, uh... Almost... Almost as long as I've been alive. Like, uh, two-thirds of my life, there has been a war going on. That's kind of what I'm going to be talking about today. Uh, in this episode, where I'm that I'm titling, War is Bad, okay? Because that's the thing. War is bad. War is bad by almost every metric. That's, and that is a problem. You see, because, and this is, this is the thing. War is always the alternative option to a thing that other, that we also hate, which is politics. When it comes to the world and divvying up the world and the freedoms and the, the resources and everything else in the world, it comes down to two options. War or politics. And uh, the truth is we hate, we hate war and we hate politics. Actually, people some people may even hate politics more than war. They're called fascists. Fascists hate politics more than war. But that's the reality, is that those are the alternatives. You either gotta have politics, or you gotta have war. And as gross and questionable as politics are, I would choose politics over war every single fucking time. I would choose democracy over violence every time. I would choose communication over violence these are the these are the better options to war, and we all know this, and yet war continues to happen and be perpetuated. And I, as an American, have lived in a country that has seen its fair share of wars. Now, and we can sit around all day and talk about the concept of justifiable war and whatever justifiable war means. But these will always be loose, vaguely ethical arguments, okay? But there is a problem, and it is a paradoxical problem, which is that we can really only do away with war if everybody fucking agrees to it. You see, that's, that's the thing. You get to, everybody has to agree to stop doing the war because the problem with war is that sometimes war 
is a thing that is done to you. It is, and that is the pro, and that is a major concern with all acts of violence. Violence is something that is done to you. Somebody starts the violence first, and that's always the way it goes. Yes, violence is something that is done to you. At which point, your options are A, to take the violence, or B, to defend yourself. Now, here's the thing. On an individual level, there might be reasons to just take the violence and move on. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that sometimes a person will slap you or kick you, and that they'll be trying to get you to fight them in a larger altercation of violence. That's a good time to be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm outie. And walk away from it. And we can do this on an individual level. Makes sense. It's actually pretty easy. Extricate yourself from actual violence in your everyday life. You don't need that shit. There's no good reason to physically fight a person unless they are forcing the violence on you. If they continue to persist with trying to be violent, more violent to you, and by that I mean they're not just bitch slapping you in an attempt to start you to get you involved in violence. They're doing if they're doing more than that. If it looks like their attempts at violence at you will result in a lot of things, there is of course a limit at which you will have to defend yourself against this person on an individual level. However, if you can de-escalate this situation and get out of it, that's better. Okay. It is always better to de-escalate a situation of violence and get out of it. Why? Because it's a really bad situation to be in. To fight somebody. There's a lot of issues with fighting somebody, okay? So what are the issues with fighting someone, you might be saying, if you're young and stupid and have no idea, or you're the kind of person who thinks it's cool to fight people all the time? Well, there's a lot of things. One... You don't win every fight you get into. Some fights get you fucked up. If you lose that fight, here's, here's the thing that can happen to you if you lose a fight. You can become permanently physically disabled. If someone hits you hard enough or hits you the right way or you fall down something, if you break your neck, break your, hurt your back, hit your, hurt your head, there's a million different ways you become physically disabled in a fight because someone whipped your ass, okay? Thing number two, could end up just dead. Any of those injuries that I just mentioned that could lead to you being physically disabled after the fight could also just fucking kill you. Now, I know what you're saying. Ruben, you're a martial artist. You're into MMA. How are you having this attitude towards violence? Uh, because, and I want to make this clear, there's a huge difference between you fighting a regular person in a life versus fighting someone in a regulated ring with rules. Okay? Okay, huge, huge fucking difference. For starters, you may not be aware of this, they say no holds barred in like UFC and stuff, but it's actually not even true. There are a number of moves you, not, you are not allowed to do in UFC. And actually, here's, an, here's a fun, weird fact. Um, a majority of the most basic self-defense moves that an average person could actually use to extricate themselves from a fight are actually illegal 
in UFC because they involve something that's known as small joint manipulation. What's that? It's where I break your fingers. That's what I'm talking about. That's illegal in UFC. Uh, it's also why Aikido is not a big uh, martial art in UFC. It's because Aikido's most useful moves are all things that either break, that are just designed where you're manipulating someone's force against their own joints to break their hand, their wrist, their fingers, or even their elbow. Uh, so, and uh, the strike and the other, the other martial arts that you learn from Aikido uh, are not effective in UFC. Would those things be effective? Sure, but they're also illegal. Also things like eye gouges, note ga uh, nose gouges, throat gouges, these things are also all illegal in UFC. But if you were attacked on the street, they're the first... Everything that is illegal in UFC is actually what I would tell you to do first. Why? Because you don't have to be super strong to hurt a person with these techniques. I'm getting sidetracked. The point is, is that in a UFC match, there are rules. Uh, fun fact, UFC seems a lot more aggressive and violent than boxing, but guess what? The injury levels of UFC compared to boxing, significantly lower. Why? Because in boxing, there's really only two ways to win. Uh, and uh, it's to hit a person in the head so hard they get knocked out, or B, uh, hit a person so hard in the head that they can't lift themselves up off the mat anymore. The amount of dr traumatic brain injury in boxing, significantly worse. Significantly worse than UFC. Why? Because UFC does, you can also... There's a number of things you can do at UFC that are all physically safer ways to subdue a person. They include tap-outs. They include choking a person out. I know what you're thinking. That's how super dangerous. But uh, here's the thing. Choking a person out uh, is much less likely to murder a person. Um, as long as you let go, as soon as they go limp, that person is going to be fine. Um, but if you pummel people in the head until they're unconscious repeatedly, that's how you get a fucked up brain. Uh, so, so yeah, just some quick notes on the type of things that go on UFC. Also, in UFC, you're in a cage with a softish floor. It's not like a bed or anything. Uh, versus if you're on a street fight and someone hits you, if you go down, your head's hitting concrete. If you're lucky, you'll survive that fine, like a kid bouncing off the, bouncing off the floor or whatever. Uh, but your brain could also be jellied. Your skull could be split open. That could just... Uh, for the love of crud. I got a knock at the door. I wasn't anticipating that. Uh, where was I? So, in a street fight, you could easily die. Or, flip side, kill the other person. And see, that's the thing. So a lot of people don't think about this when engaging in physical violence. Hitting another person, they could get seriously injured. Seriously injured. And now you, even if you were acting in self-defense, could be on the hook for that. Yeah. There are no refs in a street fight. There are no medics on standby in a street fight. You are not in a safe environment where if you fall down, you're going to be fine. No. You are in... You could be anywhere in a street fight. And if you're really unlucky, you'll be on an actual street, you know, with the concrete I mentioned earlier. You don't want to be in these situations. So on an individual level, when it comes to violence, you want to extricate yourself from the violent situation. And you can tell yourself that, oh, my self-defense training or whatever is going to get me out of this situation or I can handle myself in a fight. That's fine. 
whatever. Give yourself that macho bullshit in your head. Here's the reality of that situation. Is that there are very few situations where a fight just ends and you're okay. And everyone else is okay too. Now, because, and you may be thinking, oh, but when I was in school, there were fights all the time. Uh, yeah, but I, I've seen pictures of high school fights. And let me tell you something here. High schoolers don't know shit about fighting people. They have no idea how to hit you. They just basically roll around. The most dangerous thing I've ever seen high schoolers do in high school fight videos is pick a person up and just slam them to the ground. That's super fucking dangerous. Someone could easily die or be disabled by that. And you'd legally be on the hook. It's crazy. Now, to be fair, some people, okay, some people in those videos can punch. But my real, but generally speaking, a lot of it's just 14-year-olds slapping at each other around and, and wrestling like total, total numb nuts. It's ridiculous. But you see, so this is, but what I'm talking about right now here is violence on an individual level. Violence in the everyday. Violence in the, violence in the real world. Violence between single individuals. War is violence on a massive scale. And there is no reasonable defense for violence on the massive scale. And we can sit around and talk about what a quote-unquote good war is, but there's no really no such thing as a quote-unquote good war. There's just wars where you were the aggressor and wars where you were defending yourself <clears throat> or helping someone else defend themselves. Which brings, which brings me to my point about our current situation. I have seen some people making posts about, what, about basically implying that Ukraine shouldn't defend themselves. And I gotta be honest with you, that is horseshit. The idea that Ukraine shouldn't defend themselves is an incredibly bad take. If we followed that type of reasoning, a, a lot of bad shit throughout history would have happened. First of all, America wouldn't exist. The French Revolution uh, wouldn't have happened. Or if it did happen, uh, they essentially, the second violence started and the nobles surrendered, they would have taken over. The idea that people uh, should just surrender when violence is being brought at them on a massive scale is a ludicrous concept, okay? Especially when the violence is being brought against you by an autocratic imperialist force. Because this is the thing, this is the thing. Russia going after Ukraine is not a good thing on any level for anyone. Why? Because we don't need this. We don't want imperialist countries just suddenly being like, hey, I want you to be part of our country again. It's a bad thing for China to go after, it would be a bad thing for China to take Taiwan by force, and it's a bad thing for, for Russia to take Ukraine by force. And I know what you're gonna say, but Ruben, American, Invades other countries constantly. True. Very true. And I am not a fan of that. In fact, I don't support that. I didn't support the Iraq War. Uh, 
turned out I was right not to, since a lot of what we were saying it was, you know, based on lies as to why we invaded them. And in fact, all we did was remove the only secular, con the only secular country in that area that basically was not uh, allowing people like the Islamic State and uh, Al Qaeda into their country. One of the few countries doing that in that area. Uh, yeah. So we destabilized them and sort of only created a 20-year back and forth between us and a series of rebel groups. Oh yeah, now, turned out great. We showed, it's so good, we invaded that country. Because it totally accomplished our goals, only not at all. Unless, of course, our goals were to, you know, destabilize that area of the world and get oil and back up our Saudi friends. Or whatever, you know. Unless those were our real goals. If those were our real goals, then I, I guess we did it. Yay, mission accomplished. <sighs> but America also, it's worth noting, while imperialistic and definitely exploiting those countries, essentially has still handed over major power of those countries to themselves, which hasn't really worked out great, uh, especially with Afghanistan, where essentially Trump's exit plan essentially uh, ended up being carried out, and it essentially handed the country to um, <laughs> the Taliban. And yes, we did still go in there. Uh, Joe Biden still used Donald Trump's plan that was in place. He still went forward with it. So yeah, it's, it's on both their heads. Wake up to that coffee. It's the facts. Well, the facts as far as I understand them. I'm not. I'm not in the room making these decisions. That's an important acknowledgement to make. Where was I? So, yes. Yeah. So, now we have the Ukraine thing. And the thing here is, is that, yes, war is bad. But Ukraine shouldn't just allow themselves to go quietly into that good night. Okay? And if I have to get specific with people I'm calling out, then, you know what, I'm, I'll say it. I'm calling out you, Kim Iverson, from The Hill Rising, a show that people I, that, that some people have recommended, a news source that some people have recommended to me, but after hearing Kim Iverson's fucking hot takes, I have to say, you know what, fuck them. They might be fucking terrible. Because here's a, here's a tweet from Kim Iverson. Ukraine shouldn't fight back. No one should. Let it go. Are you out of your fucking mind. You see, this is the problem. The idea that Ukraine shouldn't fight back is dumb. It's, it's really dumb. Kim Iverson tried to explain herself in some following tweets. And I'm going to sort of attack these tweets here. I don't view Ukraine's crisis as existential. All possible options leave them in no better or worse a situation. Hold up. Hold up. It's <sighs> which is why I don't think it's worth them dying over no nor having a nuclear war for it. Side note, it's definitely not worth nuclear war. And I don't think Russia would nuke the Ukraine because why would you nuke a country that you are trying to take over? If anything, they would threaten to nuke people who were supporting Ukraine, not Ukraine itself. What would you, why would you want to why would you want to take over radioactive land? Think about it. 
her tweet continues, their country being run by Western oligarchs or Russian oligarchs makes people living in Russia and people living in Ukraine don't live massively different lives. Okay, Kim Iverson, that's fair. But by that argument, you could also say that there's no difference for America, which is also run by fucking oligarchs, or the UK, which is also run by fucking uh, oligarchs. And actually, here's the thing. Here's, here's more of that tweet here. This is not the same as Russia invading the UK, for example, where life would be completely different under Russian rule. Uh, yeah, probably would be. However, by the definition of them being run by oligar either Western or Eastern oligarchs, if you consider that a not a difference, then how would be invading UK be different? Uh, because here's a fun fact. The UK is also run by fucking oligarchs. Oligarchs run all the shit, Kim. If you are supposedly a populist, then why would you even sit around going, well, you know, the West... The, there aren't as many oligarchs in the UK. Are you fucking high, Kim Iverson? That's a terrible, batshit thing. Also, Kim Iverson, do you live in the Ukraine? I don't. I'm not going to pretend like I know what it would be like to live in the Ukraine. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they have a different political system in the Ukraine. Let's look that up. Ukraine? Let's look up Ukraine's political system, shall we? And see what it is. Okay, let's see here. Go to Wikipedia. Let's see here. Ukraine, Ukraine is a country used to have the second largest country in the, 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 the Europe after Russia. Which borders the Ukraine shares. Okay, let's see here. Where is the okay, ethnic groups the government? Okay. Let's see here. Okay, economy, okay, politics. Okay, politics. Ukraine is a republic under mixed semi-parliamentary, semi-presidential system with a separate legislative, executive, and judicial branch. Oh, oh yeah, it sounds kind of like America and Europe. The Constitution of the Ukraine, it has has the Constitution, is the fundamental law of Ukraine. The Constitution adopted and ratified at the fifth session of the Verkhovna Rada. Rada? Ra uh, I don't know. I probably pronounced it entirely wrong. Anyways, Parliament of Ukraine on the 28th of, Ju of June, 1996. The Constitution was passed with 315 eyes out of 450 votes possible with a 300 eyes minimum. All other laws and other normative legal acts of Ukraine must conform to the Constitution. The right to amend the Constitution through special legislative procedure is vested exclusively in the Parliament. The only body that may interpret the Constitution and determine whether legislation conforms to it is the Constitutional Court of Ukraine. This 1996, the public holiday Constitution Day is celebrated on Ju the 28th of June. In 2004, amendments were adopted that significantly changed Ukraine's political system. These changes are sometimes erroneously referred to as the 2004 Constitution. In 2010, then-President Ukraine, uh, Ukraine, President of Ukraine Viktor Yanukovych reverted these changes on the basis of ruling made by the Constitutional Court of Ukraine following the events of the Euro, of Euromaidan, Maidan, uh, the 2004 amendments were reinstated. 
oh my god, this is getting complicated. But the president is elected by popular vote for five-year terms. Formal head as and is the formal head of state. Ukraine's legislative branch includes 450-seat unicameral parliament, the Verkhovna Rada. The parliament is primarily responsible for the formation of the executive branch and the cabinet of ministers, headed by the prime minister. The president retains the authority to nominate ministers of foreign affairs and defense of parliament approval, as well as the power to appoint prosecutor general and the head of the security service. Laws act as acts of parliament and cabinet of presidential decrees. Acts of the Crimean parliament may be abrogated by the constitutional court should they be found to violate the constitution. Other normative acts are subject to the judicial review. The Supreme Court is the main body and system of courts of general jurisdiction. Local government is officially guaranteed. Local councils and city mayors are popular elected and exercise control over local budgets. The heads of regional districts administrations are appointed by the president in accordance with proposals of the prime minister. All right, so based on this description of their, you know, fucking political system, it's actually pretty similar to our own. Uh, let's look at Russia's. All right. Russia, 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 Russia. Let's see what kind of, uh, let's see here, history, government, and politics. Okay, here we go. Russia is an asymmetric federation and semi-presidential republic where the president is the head of state and the prime minister is the head of the government. It is fundamentally structured as a multi-party representative democracy surprising, with the federal government composed of three branches, legislative by Cameral, Federal Assembly of Russia, made up of 450 members, the state, blah, 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 judiciary, constitutional courses, political, political divisions, according to the Constitution of the Russian Federation, is composed of 85 federal subjects. In 1993, when the new Constitution was adopted, there were 89 federal subjects Okay, so this shit is old. Okay, so this goes back foreign relations, military, human rights, and corruption. Human rights in Russia and corruption in... You know what? Hold on. I'm sorry. Okay, this is not the most... This is not what I need to know. Here's what I need to know. What the hell is an asymmetric federation? Asymmetric federalism, or asymmetrical federalism, is, a, is found in a federation in which... Different constituent states possess different powers. One or more of the sub-states has considerably more autonomy than the other sub-states, although they have the same constitutional status. This is the contrast to symmetrical federalism, where no distinction is made between constituent states. As a result, it is frequently proposed as a solution to the dissatisfaction that arises when one or two constituents unite units feel significantly different needs from the others. The result is an ethnic, linguistic, or cultural difference. The difference between the asymmetrical federation and federal is essentially an extreme case of asymmetrical federation, either due to large... Okay, so that's interesting. Essentially, they're made up of states that are unequal. Interesting. 
Here's what I want to know, though. Russian presidential term limits. Do they have them? Wait a minute. According to this, Russia has two consecutive term limitations, meaning that a Russian president can only be only be president for 12 years in a row. All right, so let's see here. How long has Putin been president? Oh, that's how they fucking do it. So this is, oh my God, that's fucking weird. Okay, wait, how did he only? All right, so. Here's a fun fact. Uh, so Boris Yeltsin was president from 1991 to 1999. Vladimir Putin uh, had two terms between 2000 and 2008, which is eight years. I don't understand how he got two terms into eight years when it says that they have six-year terms. Uh, but okay. He was replaced by Dmitry Medivov, who was only president for four years. Interesting. And Vladimir Putin is now in his third and fourth terms, and he's been that for nine years. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. I feel like I've gone slightly off the deep end here with, my, with that point I was trying to make here. Let's get back to this Kim Iverson here. Ukrainians, sadly, this is going back to Kim Iverson's tweet, Ukrainians sadly live under corruption one way or the other. Don't we all, Kim? Don't we fucking all? We have, literally, there is no system on Earth that doesn't have corruption because there's no system on Earth that doesn't have fucking humans in it. Do you, do you really think the Ukrainians would be better off being forced to be part of Russia? This is an insane concept. She continues, this isn't about freedom or democracy or human rights. They're not even fighting for these things. This is just a proxy war between the U.S. and Russia, and we're using Ukraines like we, like we have many others to do the dirty work. Okay, you know what? I won't argue that there is at least some level of proxy war here. I'm not going to argue with that. I'm not going to argue with that. However, God damn it, Kim, saying that Ukraine should surrender to Russia, who is invading them, is dumb. That is a stupid, stupid, stupid fucking take. I'm not saying we should go to war. I'm not saying that we should want war. I'm not saying that there should be war. What I'm saying is, is that the only way this gets better in an ethical way is if Russia just fucking knocks its shit off. Okay? Russia can't just go around being like, oh no, we're going to take out... Wait, is this a Russian accent? What accent am I doing right we must take out the, we are going to Ukraine to take out the Nazis and the drug addicts. First of all, big red flag there. Fascists always talk about trying to create some sort of dehumanized take. So attacking drug addicts, no one has ever invaded a country for having drug addicts. That's a fucked up reason to invade somebody. We should be alarmed that they would even try to use that as a reason to invade. Also, second of all, they're going after... Second of all, as for trying to denazify the Ukraine, I'm not going to say there aren't Nazis in Ukraine because, A, I don't live there and I don't know. And second of all, there's probably Nazis fucking everywhere. But, like, 
and I here's also it doesn't ne this doesn't necessarily disprove anything, but I'm pretty sure their president is currently Jewish. I mean, their current president is Jewish, not like their president is Jewish now, but he wasn't before. You know what I mean. The point is. Actually, what the hell was I? Oh, right, yeah. Uh, there are fucking Nazis anywhere, everywhere. And second of all, Russia themselves have had a huge upswing in, you know, extreme fascist right-wing politics, as well as, you know, semi-genocidal behavior towards homosexuals. And, you know, the, you know, the general LGBTQ plus in population of Russia has been living in fear for, you know a while now you know does, does everyone remember fucking pussy riot they tried to warn us that russia was fucking full of fascist dickheads yeah yeah pussy riot everybody does, does no one remember fucking pussy riot russia are not good guys okay and russia should not be invading fucking ukraine they just shouldn't be and i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like it's okay and I'm not trying to tell you that Ukraine is perfect. I'm not trying to tell you that America is perfect. What I'm telling you is, is that Russia started this invasion, and Russia needs to fucking knock it off. If there really are legit issues with Ukraine, then we need to handle them through mediation and politics and communication. Not this fucking bullshit. Not this bullshit where people are dying and Russian tanks are running over uh, Ukrainian civilians. It's, it's fucking nuts. We need... Do we want this war to end? Of course this war needs to end. But to suggest the Ukrainians don't have a right to defend themselves is an absurdity. To suggest that the way to solve this problem is for the Ukrainians to surrender is an absurdity. There is no ethical basis beyond this other than you want it to stop. It's kind of, it's, it's a borderline toxic positivity type of argument. Telling, telling this country to surrender because defending themselves is just a furtherization of violence is absurd. Should we all just lay down when we are violently assaulted? Should we let people rob us? Should we let people rape us? Should we let people steal from us? Should we let people mistreat us physically without defending ourselves? Is violence always the answer? No. Violence is like the answer 1% of the time. Because violence is only the answer when someone starts hitting you and you ask them to stop and they don't. Well, I think the president of Ukraine has clearly made a plea to Russia to stop. And Russia has not stopped. So, yeah, Ukraine has a right to defend themselves. That still doesn't make war good. War is still bad. But the world is a complex, morally gray thing. And telling Ukraine to just give in has, like, serious, have you tried making your husband's sandwich faster so he'll stop hitting you vibes? It's bad. Is this quite probably a uh, is this quite probably a proxy war with America? I mean, probably based on history. I don't have I haven't seen 
legitimate evidence at this point, but you know, like history would imply it's highly probable. But does that change? Does, does that change things for the Ukrainians? No, it doesn't. Does it affect maybe how the rest of the world should respond? I mean, maybe, but it doesn't change it for Ukraine. And telling the Ukrainians that they should surrender is dumb. It's a bad argument. It's a bad faith argument. It is the worst type of non-ethical nonsense where we're defending attackers instead of people, instead of victims. Even if this is a proxy war led by the, orchestrated by the United States and the CIA and Russia or whatever, even if that is true, that still makes the Ukrainians the victims caught in the middle. And that still gives the, and they still have the right to fight for themselves and their own independence and their lives. Is war still bad? Obviously war is still bad. Obviously. But the people who need to wake up and realize that war is bad and terrible and need to knock that shit off in this current situation are the Russians. Okay? Are the Russians. Remember how I mentioned people slapping me in the face trying to get me to, in, to fight them in a bigger physical confrontation? The thing is, is that if... With the proxy war argument, the person slapping me in the face will say that that's the CIA and that I'm Russia. I'm still responsible if I respond to getting slapped in the face by the CIA if I stab them in the neck. I'm still responsible for stabbing them in the neck. Especially since that's not a proportional response to a bitch slap. So war is bad. Okay. All right, I want to thank you for listening and uh, just drop a few few notes about the podcast. First of all, uh, it's going decently well. I'm not pulling in them Joe Rogan numbers, <laughs> uh, but, you know, who is uh, besides Joe Rogan? But uh, I am steadily seeing a, a growth and development through it. And you know what? I would like to hear from you. I'd like to hear your feedback. If you listen to the podcast on Anchor or you go to Anchor, um, Anchor has the option to message me. Uh, so you can message me about my podcast on Anchor. Uh, you can also, I believe Spotify has like some type of review system or something or, 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 or something. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Spotify also has like polls and shit you can take. Uh, which I have put up some polls, so feel free to go check them out. I don't do it a lot because nobody fucking cares. Uh, but the point is, is I, I do want to hear from you. And you can you can uh, send me a message there on uh, on uh, the, uh, oh my God, on the anchor, Jesus. Or you can uh, try and reach out to me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is sonofhippies. Uh, where you can, yeah, where you can, uh, you can find me there. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Thank you for watching. Please stay tuned for the after show entertainment. And then when the kid, and then when the soldiers get back from the war, we follow their lives here. All right, buddy. You've been wounded, so now you're gonna stay. You're going back to America. Well, that's great news. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Well, I get... I can't wait to get that me, that uh, military insurance. Oh, buddy. 
I'm sorry, but TRICARE's not for you. TRICARE's for soldiers who didn't get wounded and quit. No, you're gonna have to try. You're gonna have to have to take your best of luck with the, uh, hoping that the, uh, the local VA hospital in your area isn't a piece of shit. Good luck with that. Only a small handful of them aren't garbage. <laughs> Owen, try not to become fucking homeless, you quitter loser. America says, go fuck yourself. Davey, I, I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel about this, uh, this, this, uh, this game you, you got going here. Dad, I'm just reflecting the realities of war.